Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today's scripture is from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 10, which says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, we hear the phrase that wealth can't bring happiness. And if we look at the world today, we see that the people that are the most wealthy are the people that have the shortest lives. If you look at Hollywood and the number of people that have committed suicide, we find out that that greediness and the desire to have wealth can bring great sorrow, as the scripture says. It's better to be content with what the Lord has given to each one of us and be thankful for those things and continue to trust him for the future and continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And as we do that, we will see ourselves being content as we see our families thriving because they have a proper view of wealth and money and material things. And that allows us to live peaceful lives with joy and hope and thankfulness as we trust the Lord each day for his provision. Thank you for joining us again at Global Times as we continue our interview with Pastor Doug Wilson. We have to be very careful because even good intentions can go sideways. Uh, 
We've had different paradigms that have had their traction and their usefulness at various times. Sometimes it's been through developing uh, denomination building in other countries, but we see that so often being a North American model that is not fit for those other cultures. And so wonderful it is to have the Holy Spirit giving wisdom and light in the relational areas of God being their savior, of being an indigenous church, of worshiping in spirit and in truth, which is consistent with the Holy Spirit's work in the hearts of those people. We start with those cardinal foundational doctrines that the word of God is the one and only true source of faith and practice that the God of the Bible is the one and only true God. And upon those two foundations, we build the structure of our doctrine, the structure of our practice that is appropriate for those cultures. Doug, I'd like to, in closing, uh, talk about one other uh, subject and understand our radio audiences from all across North America. And, and I'd like to have your perspective and with your years of experience in church planning in, in England and church uh, pastorate, what would you say to believers in North American or more traditional communities, what they need to understand about the times we live in and what they should be doing to become active participants? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. Uh, I do think that we need to be far more entrepreneurial. Uh, adaptable and adjustable, uh, keeping in mind that resources many times are available in these other countries. It's not a matter of sending missionaries materials, but equipping them and enabling them with funding to be able to use the networks that they have in these various places. You rightly said that the relationships are the tremendous network of power that we have. The Holy Spirit works through those relationships among the pastor fellowships, among the church fellowships, among the men's regional groups, the women's regional groups. And you and Tammy and Linda and I have worked with many of these, not only in Sierra Leone, but in other places. Those networks become uh, what uh, becomes the, uh, the way forward of protection, of accountability, of doctrinal purity, of moving forward and deepening and strengthening those bonds and their own deepening and growing in Christ. So North Americans have the privilege of having resources. They have the privilege of their own background and heritage of understanding what church looks like here. But we need to have a global vision of the indigenous church, of our ability to transform other cultures to be in the indigenous movement through our resources, but not by exporting our particular brand. The way that it applies in those cultures and in those regions, those ge geographical locations, uh, will determine what the church should look like in its pure form. We can hold to the truth of the cardinal doctrines of the word of God, but it might not look exactly the same as it looks here. In fact, you and I both know it looks very differently. It sounds very different, but it is something that if you uh, experience it in your heart, short-term ministry opportunities are wonderful to be able to send the North Americans out to these various places 
and to see and experience firsthand what God's Holy Spirit is doing in these places and to come back to their local churches energized and thrilled and excited about being an equipper, uh, being a prayer warrior, being a, being a donor, uh, being uh, someone that lends their expertise at times to go and to help with solar programs or medical programs or educational programs or, or doing construction programs or various other things like that to enable the indigenous church to thrive and to flourish. Amen. Well, thank you for taking the time to give us an update on your recent ministry in India. We'd mm. like to continue to pray that the Lord will give you the health and strength and resources to continue to do that. And anybody listening here uh, that would like to continue to support Doug and Linda and their work, uh, they can certainly contact uh, the radio station here and we'd be connect them with this important ministry that's working. Well, and thank you and God bless each of our listeners today. Thank you so much for listening to Canon's National Bible Hour. We appreciate all those who continue to listen and continue to write in and support our ministry because this is a listener-supported ministry and we need the donations to continue on the air. Appreciate those of you who are praying for us and are helping us to continue this broadcast, which now goes around the world. We're having people from Africa and other places that are listening to these broadcasts and coming to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This uh, month, we're offering a wonderful booklet entitled Forgiveness, Freedom to Let Go. It's th this is by June Hunt. It answers lots of questions. Some of the questions that it deals with are as follows. It deals with an unforgiveness in your heart. It helps you to protect your heart from bitterness. It helps to end the blame game. And it also helps us to pray for those who hurt you and hurt me. And uh, that's an important thing for us. And it's all about relationships uh, and how we can overcome and how we can live a Christ-centered life throughout each day of our lives. This book will uh, answer a lot of your questions. It'll help you. It's got practical helps so that you can um, work through various issues about how you can forgive others for the hurt and pain that they brought to you. And I, I highly recommend it to you if you're hurting and if you have some hatred or some bitterness in your heart, this booklet can really help you. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace
said to me, Come on to Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson, as entitled, Rejoice Evermore. Printed copies are available upon request. Can you guess what this is? It costs nothing but gives much. It enriches those who receive it without making poorer those who give it. It takes only a moment, but the memory of it sometimes lasts forever. No one is so rich or mighty that they can get along without it. And no one is so poor that he can't be made rich by it. It creates happiness in the home. It fosters goodwill in business and is the symbol of friendship. It brings rest to the weary, cheer to the discouraged, sunshine to the sad. It is nature's best antidote for trouble. Yet it cannot be bought, borrowed, begged, or stolen. For it is something that is of no value to anyone until it is given away. Some people are too tired or even bitter to give it. Give them one of yours, as no one needs it so much as the one who has no more to give. What is it? A smile. My friend, it's a smile. Oh, how that picks up the spirits of anyone who's down in the mouth, as it were. You know, joy is the amazing secret of the Christian life. Abraham knew it. The Bible says in the words of Jesus that Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it. David knew it. He said in Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Jeremiah knew it. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them and they became the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Nehemiah knew it. Having built the wall of Jerusalem, when all the workers were tired and weary, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Habakkuk knew it at a time of great difficulty when things were so bad. He said, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Paul knew it in prison. He wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. James knew it. He said, count it all joy when you fall into various testings. Peter knew it. He speaks about joy, unspeakable and full of glory. The apostle John knew it. He writes, truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And of course, the writer of Hebrews gives us the key by him. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The blind hymn writer Fanny Crosby wrote many hymns. One of them is Praise Him, Praise Him, Jesus our Blessed Redeemer. Another is To God Be the Glory. And the chorus says Praise the Lord, Praise the Lord, Let the Earth Hear His Voice. Praise and joy is the amazing secret of the Christian life, and you can discover it too. Some of you have never known it. Some of you have had the joy of salvation and then lost that joy. Not your salvation, but the joy of it. And we need to pray like David prayed. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. 
Psalm 51. I want to speak to you today about a little verse in the Bible. It's actually the shortest verse in the Bible, and it's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This is what it says, Rejoice evermore. Now, there's a verse in John 11.35 that many think is shorter because it says Jesus wept. But in the Greek, there are three longer words there. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice evermore. In the Greek are only two words, and they're shorter. And it's a command. Now, I want you to think with me about this amazing secret of the Christian life. Let's look at the different types of joy there are. There's the joy of salvation. This is what Habakkuk spoke of, the joy of God's salvation. This is what David spoke about, the joy of thy salvation. That's an interesting story, the joy of thy salvation. In Luke 10, Jesus appointed 70 other also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place whither he himself would come. And when they returned with joy, they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And Jesus replied, don't rejoice just in this, but first and foremost rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Bible speaks about the Lamb's book of life in Revelation 20 it's going to be open, and whosoever is not found written there in the Lamb's book of life will not enter heaven and will be cast into the lake of fire. When Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he spoke of those whose names are written in God's book. How wonderful it is to know the joy of salvation. The early church knew it. When people were saved, and there were 3,000 of them saved on the day of Pentecost alone, they began to meet together and to praise the Lord, and with joy they rejoiced in God's salvation. Someone as well said, Joy is the flag that flies from the castle of the heart where the king is in residence there. When the king is in residence, the joy flag will fly from the castle of your heart. If it's the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the man who wrote this? People said of him, he must go to heaven every night because he's so happy every day. Is that a picture of you, my friend? Do you have the joy of salvation? It's only found in the Lord Jesus. And then there's the joy of service. When we serve the Lord, there's joy. The Bible says in Psalm 126, He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. If you go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, scattering the seed of God's word, sharing your service, your witness for Christ, you will without a doubt return rejoicing, bringing sheaves with you. Paul said, I want to finish my course with joy. What is that? The ministry I've received to testify the gospel of the grace of God. When Paul and Silas were arrested in Philippi and beaten terribly and put in stocks in prison, it says, at midnight they sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. There was a great earthquake. The jailer got saved. What a story it is. Read it in Acts 16. They sang for joy in their service to the Lord. I wonder what they sang that night in prison. I wonder if it was the song that is recorded for us in 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13. It is believed these words are one of the early church hymns. It is a faithful saying, if we, die, if we are dead with him, we shall live also with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. What a song they must have sung, whatever it was. Jesus' joy was to do the will of the Father and to finish the work of redemption. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of God. 
for the Lord Jesus, joy was to do the Father's will and finish that work. That's why Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. How wonderful it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The late Dr. Oswald J. Smith wrote the words of a wonderful hymn, and it was put to music by B.D. Ackley, and this is what it says. There is joy in serving Jesus as I journey on my way, joy that fills the heart with praises every hour and every day. There is joy in serving Jesus, joy that triumphs over pain, fills my heart with heaven's music till I join the glad refrain. There is joy in serving Jesus as I walk alone with God. Tis the joy of Christ my Savior who the path of suffering trod. There is joy in serving Jesus, joy amid the darkest night, for... I've learned the wondrous secret, and I'm walking in the light. And the chorus of that song says this, There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus, joy that throbs within my heart. Every moment, every hour, as I draw upon his power, there is joy, joy, joy that shall never depart. You know, do you know that joy today? Get busy. God has given you a gift or more to serve him. Start serving him. There's joy in service. And then there's joy in sacrifice. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. I quoted that verse in Hebrews 12 too. Hebrews 10 sheds light upon the joy that Jesus had in finishing that sacrifice, that Jesus Christ made one sacrifice forever and through it brought redemption to all who trust him as Savior. The Bible teaches us about the joy of sacrifice. When we talk about sacrifice in giving, we're talking about the joy of sacrifice in giving. Some people don't like to hear about that. But Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and told them about the churches in Macedonia who had the joy of sacrifice. This is what he said. He said, I want you to do the same thing. Because when you do that, you prove the sincerity of your love. 2 Corinthians 8, 2. How that in the great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. He said, I have written, bearing witness that beyond their power, they were willing to of themselves give and give and give. Why? Because verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 8 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. The Bible speaks here about the grace of giving. There's joy in that. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, literally a hilarious giver. Why would you hold back on God? I'll tell you when you and I can stop giving. It's when God stops giving to us. <laughs> That's quite an answer. Joy is not the absence of problems, but the presence of Christ. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, He which sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He which sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And every man according as he purposes in his heart, let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. That's what will happen. God will make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work, and that will bring great joy 
joy in your salvation, joy in your service, joy in your sacrifice. But there's also joy in suffering. You say, suffering? Yes, Jesus talked about it. Here's what he said in Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! Be exceedingly glad! For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. The Bible says in Acts 5.41, after they had had terrible persecution, they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for Christ. Paul said, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Deep down within, the presence of Christ causes us to rejoice. That's why Paul knew rejoicing constantly, despite the terrible suffering and persecution he went through. Peter says, beloved Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, but rather rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Is your life a joy or a misery? You have the choice between the pleasures of sin that are only for a season or the pleasures of Christ that are at the right hand forevermore. What's robbing you of your joy today? Jesus said, Satan is like a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Many of you have known the joy of salvation, of service, of sacrifice, and even suffering. We have to pray with David today. Something has happened in your heart. You have to pray with David today. Oh God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, because for some reason, through sin and disobedience in your life, that joy has departed. And you go around with a sour face and a sick look, and someone as well said, religion that makes a person look sick certainly will never cure the world. We need to come to Christ in a fresh way. Know that in Jesus Christ there is real joy, and learn to keep the command of 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice evermore! in his salvation, in his service, in his sacrifice, in suffering, knowing that someday he'll greet us with joy in heaven if we've been faithful. He will say, rejoice, because I welcome you, faithful servant. I pray that you today will discover that it's more than some outward show of mere happiness depending on happenings, but an inward realization of the joy of the Lord. Now remember what Nehemiah said to his workers who were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, even when they were weary and when they had been out helping those in need. He said to them, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And here's the lesson. If you lose your joy, you lose your strength. Don't let it happen. I trust the message you just heard will be a great blessing to you and that you can apply some of the principles to your life this, this uh, week pray that God would continue to draw you close. Thank you so much for the privilege of sharing these words with you each week. We trust that through these messages that you'll be drawn closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Allow him to be the Lord of our life. This month, we're offering the booklet entitled Forgiveness, the Freedom to Let Go. Highly recommend this book by June Hunt. And you can write to get a free copy of this book at Canada's National Bible Hour at Box 1210. St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. 
You can also uh, hear past messages on our website at missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. We also have a uh, Christian radio broadcast entitled MGO Radio on our ministry site as well. You can get that at missiongo-radio.org. It's 24-7. There's lots of good messages on that broadcast as well as good Christian music. And also, if you want to get our app on your smartphone, you can get it at media at missiongo.org. And you can download that. Sermons, you can hear good Christian music 24-7. It's amazing now our outreach has gone around the world. We're getting letters from Africa and other places growing through our ministry. And so we're really thankful for those opportunities. We ask you to continue to pray for us. And uh, we ask that you write in and get this booklet, Forgiveness, the Freedom to uh, Let Go. We trust that God will continue to bless you throughout this week. And don't forget to send in a, a gift to try to help us to continue all these ministries on the airways where where Christ is using these broadcasts for his honor and for his glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you in a mighty way throughout this next week.